in the past, the problem's also like, people want to get things perfect. They want to plan for six months, eight months, 12 months. For me, I was like, I just want to do it. And if I fuck up eight things, then I'll fix those things. And I felt like if we looked at a six month period, I would have started, learned more, figured a bunch of shit out. And I would have been here, whether it was if I was just planning and trying to work it all out and not really starting, you know, I'd probably be here. If I wanted to start a new business today, I'd probably set up the website in the background. And I'd probably start calling people. And I started telling them like, I've got a company here. Just start and talk yourself up, like learn things and, and just progress. If you had to attribute like one key to your mm. success so far, what would it be? Probably just not procrastinating and just running headfirst into it. It's kind of always paid off for me. Basically, I didn't know everything. I didn't have it all perfect. I think time will do its thing your own business too like eventually like if you're passionate about it, you'll just keep learning and then you'll become more valuable in that particular sector and then like you will be more valuable and people will pay for your time hello everybody with me here today the director of maple property group and a serial investor who uh started off obviously purchasing a fair bit of property here in victoria um you've got some property interstate as well yes yes and and now looking to obviously start investing overseas you've just come back from a trip in dubai and it piqued my interest and i know we discussed a little bit off camera um about that so we'll, we'll definitely dive into that but uh welcome Bo. thank you thanks for having me and it's crazy i remember we it was probably about three years ago we we caught up and we it was about six in the morning we went for a bit of a spa session we went for a bit of a swim. I think we, we went for a bit of a run, I think, as well. I don't know how good I was doing at the time, but we were trying. And I remember, like, just, you were really, like, your cogs were, you said, Christian, you know, like, I'm, I'm pushing, I'm, I'm trying to get things going. It's just, it's not really happening for me, you know. And, and now, fast forward three years later or two years later, whatever it is, man, like, you've been flying. Yeah. So, it's, it's been really cool to watch you. Obviously, I've known you for... 10 years at 10, least 15 yeah. years man and to, yeah. to now obviously watch you grow it's been it's been it's been amazing man so yeah welcome yeah thank you and um yeah i remember when we caught up that time after we've obviously known each other for a very long time but having that that business debrief whatever it was two and a half years ago it was my main thing was that yeah i was investing hard um but yeah still felt like you know i could be doing more and i was sort of had all this hunger and motivation, but you know, just trying to find out how to how to basically put that into practicing and get it all going. So yeah, keen to dissect yeah what happened there and well and to, yeah you know, get into that. Well, yeah. let's well, let's just kind of start from yeah. actually maybe how did you get into property? Like how did that that all yeah. start? Yeah, for sure. So so when I was I guess fast forwarding all the way back, um, you know, my parents they'd they divorced and split up when I was, would have been 12 or 13 years old. So my dad moved overseas and my mum basically took care of myself and my younger brother. So I'm the, the oldest of two. Um, when we were young, you know, we, we sort of had this, you know, I'd often watch my mum struggle with the bills and that sort of thing. And there was a lot of this sort of, not intentionally and, you know, but there was, there was sometimes this negative talk around, you know, putting food on the table and that sort of thing. And, and I was like, you know, being the oldest, I feel like subconsciously, I, I kind of, it's not something that you want to see, like your, your mum especially, kind of struggling and worrying about money. Um, and obviously, yeah, being the oldest, being a, being a guy, um, you know, that probably took more of an effect on me than I realised. Had a family friend who um, was in, big in property, um, owns many estates in the west of Victoria and the north of Victoria. Um, you know, he's probably, you know, 
I won't talk figures, but you know, he, he owns a, a lot of property basically. And, and basically I had a look at him, um, saw his situation and, you know, he had a, a great wife, a great relationship, I should say, um, you know, three beautiful kids. Um, they were always traveling. They were always happy. They were always trying to improve themselves. Um, they were big on wellness and, you know, I feel like they had a really good balanced life. And I looked at them and I sort of looked at my upbringing and I was like, well, I'm going to copy and emulate these people really from a, a young age. So I've known them my whole life. Yeah. But I just, um, you know, I, I just sort of would, would watch and sort of get these takeaways from people. And I, I, think, I think I would take a lot out of people. Like I would look and be like, I want to be similar to that person and, and really look at and put myself into their life. So I feel like I did that again, subconsciously, but wanting to move in that direction. And he was big on property. At the time, I'm 19. I don't really know what to do. Um, I'm at uni. Um, I'm studying commerce. Um, and I'm thinking, and I'm working as a kitchen hand. And I'm thinking, all right, well, I want to get into property. So I get my first job when I'm 19 and a half, maybe 20 or something. It's in property management. So because, because that, and that was sort of the first spark where I'm like property. Uh, and then, so I worked in property management when I was 19, 20. I did not know that. Really? Yeah, yeah so... Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I did that for about 18 months. Where, where were you working? And I was a company called EPM. They're in the city. Okay. Small portfolio is about 200. Um, and, and I managed about 80 and somebody else managed about 120. How'd you find it? Good. It taught me heaps. Um, it was probably the perfect job for me at, at that age as well. Wow. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, yeah. So. And uh, it's an interesting job, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not easy. I mean, you've got to keep the landlord happy. You've got to keep the tenant happy. You've got to, yeah, it's, it's very difficult. You're to trying to find a happy medium to both sides. And I'm sometimes sad. one side can be very difficult for no reason. Yes, exactly. And yeah, it's, it's, it's always an interesting case. Yeah, wow, that's 100%. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So so that was the first exposure to, to property at all. Um Hard job. Taught me heaps of skills though. And, yeah, it you know, does. Heaps of skills. I mean, I'm 19 years old and yeah. I'm having to do this, these sort of negotiations and, and keeping everybody happy. Confrontation. There's a lot of things exactly. like trying Hard to balance everything. Yeah. And, you know, like you, yeah. you can't be scared of those things. So worked at that company. That was, that was good. Um, I actually worked there in between my studies. Um, they had a lot of, oh, they had a lot of uh, investors from overseas, Chinese and that sort of thing. And they, yeah, they'd, they'd have a piece of property and I'd, I'd often talk to them and connect with them. They'd always tell me about property. And, and I made good relationships with those people and the clients that I'd worked with. Um, and again, watched and viewed what they did. Um, and I remember, I remember there was some guy who was like 40 or something and the guy, he's got 30 properties. I was like, oh, fuck, like, cool, you know? And I thought, this guy's cool. I was like, fuck, all right, cool. To be successful, I've got to have 30 properties. Like, I just thought... I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know like what to do, sort of thing. So I was yeah. like, "Fuck, I want to, I want to do something." So I'm like, "All right, now I need." Pro-. So then now I'm like, "Fuck, I need property now." Like this guy's got it. Like this is the path I want to go down. So, and and for me, like, very. I, mean, I know you, you know for a long time. Like I felt very. I did feel behind the eight ball, even though I was buying property and and that was good. Like I felt behind the eight ball, especially when I was like 22, 23, 24, even like 25. I'm 28 now, but. Because the reason is because like I was gathering a lot of skills working for people, but I was probably late to the party in terms of like the entrepreneur scene of like getting into a business. Like I don't, I don't know. Like not look, really. Yeah, man. But I look, I look at you. I look at Leo. I look at other people, and I was like, fuck. Like when I was that age, I was like, fuck. You know, they've got businesses. Like this is really, you know, like I felt like a little bit like 
it wasn't. I felt like it wasn't as good at the time. Like, okay, that's honest. interesting. No, I think um, that, it's. I think that was just maybe you. Maybe some, just in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, it was probably. just because like you look at. Yeah. yeah, I think it probably was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was investing hard. I, I feel like I, I learned a lot from the roles, but at the same time, you know, I always knew I wanted to get into business at some point. Um, and I, I, when I looked at Robert Kiyosaki, he was like, "Look, investing is great. Investing is like." You, is that Rich Dad Poor Dad? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But that was another. I've very not read book. that book. It's a great book. Read yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I have to. Yeah. So, um, so, so investing is, is very important. He talks about four quadrants. Um, so you've got the you've got sort of two sides. So you've got the the employee. So you've got somebody that just works, and then you've got the um, sort of like, I think it's called the I. It's like you're you're a business owner, but you're working inside the business. So it's like small business. Yep. So it's like you're you're heavily involved in the business, and if you left the business, the business couldn't really run. But yeah. maybe you've got one or two people. So maybe it's like a doctor, like the, or maybe like a GP that's got, owns, a, owns yeah. a clinic or something. Could or be anything. Dentist. Yeah, it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the next part was business, uh, bigger business that you know you're more of an entrepreneur. So you've got this thing going, that thing going, this thing going, you know, and there's a number of things going. And then they've got investor, and they said no matter where you sit on this side, out of these three, whether it's um, you know, you're employed, whether you've a small business or a big business, you have to invest because, you know, when you invest, you're, you know, you're, you're looking at something for the future, basically. So, so I, I always knew I wanted to invest, but it was just about getting to, I wasn't in the ideal spot here. You know what I mean? I was yeah. in the, um, you know, I was in the employee. I was happy being there, but eventually, um, you know, I wanted to move to the, to the business side of things. And it was sort of B to I, I figured out was like the, the kind of key for me. I was like, Business to investment, business to investment. So that's okay. That's yeah, interesting. That's what that's what I always I wanted to do anyway. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, so then you how did it, how did so how did yeah. adding the Maple Property Group come up come yeah. about? Yeah, it was probably just a natural evolution. So after I worked in property management, I think that the most important thing is you have to start. So it's the same thing that I've done with Dubai. Like I'm not like I wasn't like an expert, but when I started looking into it six months ago, same basically exact same approach that I have here. Um, I just wanted to start. I just wanted to get something. I wanted to learn and and start the the journey of understanding how it all works completely, which I know will take years. So it's like um, it's like I don't know, like me with like my Web three journey. Like I just yes. kind of stumbled on something in Jan uh, Jan twenty twenty one, and then I spent twelve hours a day just like trying to research and understand and get my head around things. Yes. Like you're probably searching t- keywords in yes. Dubai, and you're just like. What does this mean? Exactly. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and when which, I was going there, I was just trying to book heaps of meetings with people, even though I didn't really know what was going on. No, nah, you were just aerating. Yeah, wanted yeah. to aerate, yeah. meet everybody. I'm like, all right, cool. You yeah. do this, you do that. Yeah. You put into context. Put pieces together. Exactly. I rate it. Yeah, I rate it. Yeah. So it's a it's a skill. It's it's what it is. Like even for example, like yeah. even with your business, like even yeah. when you started your business, it's the same concept. You're like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like well, you do, right. but like you don't like you just you figure it out on you, the yeah. Yeah. yeah, during the journey though, that's yeah. Fine. So, yeah, I'm always a proponent of like, if anything, like I want to take mass action quickly. So it was even like when we spoke, I remember speaking a long time ago and, and you and Leah were always like, document the journey, document the journey. I'm like, yeah, all right, it doesn't have to be perfect. In the past, the problem's also like, you know, you want to, people want to get things perfect. 
they want to plan for six months, eight months, 12 months. Yeah, cool, we want to get it perfect, you know? For me, I was like, I just want to do it. And if I fuck up eight things, then I'll fix those things. And, and I felt like if we looked at a six month period, I would have started, learnt more, figured a bunch of shit out. And I would have been here, whether if I was just planning and trying to work it all out and not really starting, you know, I'd probably be here. So yeah. I'm like, fuck, I just want to do it. Yeah, bloody oath. You know what I mean? Like, bloody oath. Um, everyone, I feel like everyone's always like looking for like a, I don't know, like a perfect business plan. And then right. they're going to like go in there and it's going to run exactly how they think. No. Fuck, it doesn't work like that. No. Fuck, you know, one day I feel like you're king of the world and then the next day everything collapses. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a, it's just a battle man. 100%, yeah, that, that's exactly right. The clients that you were thinking you were going to get then went somewhere else even though they told you that verbally you've got the business. And yeah. This, yeah, it's just... It's, so many things. Yeah, yeah, so many things. Yeah, man. yeah, exactly. You know? It's, it's so much that can go wrong. I think that the biggest takeaway is you just got to start, you know? Yeah. Just start. It's not going to be perfect right away, but, but just get it going, you know? And, um, and for me, like, I would have that approach. So if I wanted to start a new business today, I'd probably... You know, I'd probably set up the website in the background. I wouldn't wait. The website would be set up. And I'd probably start calling people. And I'd just be like, hey, um, you know, just wanted to see if you wanted to tee up a meeting. Like, I'd probably just start calling people. Like, yeah. And I started telling them, like, yeah, we've got property. Uh, sorry, we've got a company here. Like, we're, you know, we're going to sell properties in Dubai. Like, just you just start. Talk yourself up. Like, learn things and, and just progress. Bloody know? oath. And the website will get fucking done. And that'll be in. And then by then, I would have had all of these conversations and that in. By then, like, yeah, we've got 70 or 80 people waiting to have a consultation with me about Dubai now. Um, and I've only just got the agreements with some of the big developers and, and sort of players there, and the website's still getting fixed. Yeah. So it's like, fuck it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what, you am just I going to wait wrong. until the website's done for three months, then I'm going to start that, then I'm going to talk to people? Like, nah, fuck that. You, you just got to roll with it, man. I love it. I think it. so too. So that's, that's been my big takeaway. I think that, you know, I think too many people are procrastinators. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, procrastinators. I want to get everything perfect. Um, I think you just have to run I it. I think they're, they're scared yeah. to fail. Yeah. I think uh, scared yeah. to fail or scared of failure, I think that's like a big, yes. I think that's like a big thing. Even for example, like let's just talk about like documenting the journey. Like a lot of people don't document because they, they're worried about making mm. a mistake or sounding like an idiot or mm. the way they look mm. when in, re in reality, no one really cares. And regardless, you could be Mother Teresa and people are still going to shit on you. 100%. You know, like it's, yeah. you could do the right thing. Remember, Oprah was giving away cars. You got a car, you got yeah. a car, you got a car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somehow she's the devil. Of you course, know? yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know, but yeah. no, nah, it is what it is. So, yeah, so right. Maple Property. Yes. Um, yes. When did that, when did you launch that? When did I launch that? So, we've been registered for about four and a half years, something like that. Um, but pretty much exactly as we said with the follow on, the first two years were very much finding feet, you know, um, learning and sort of getting processes together, helping out more friends and family. So Maple Property's been registered for four and a half years, probably only really been supporting, helping the public close to three. So how do you, um, what do you guys do exactly? So for us, like, we'll support with more, so wealth creation in the sense. So for us, like for me personally, I mean, I stick to what I know. So, I mean, I've got shares and crypto and that sort of thing, but... I've only ever lost money, to be honest, really, in that sort of stuff. Like, property? Uh, I've, You're not I've, selling any NFT schemes? That's, no. <laughs> Never. <laughs> that's, um, but that's because I don't understand it, I think, you know. You, gotta, <laughs> you can't talk about shit that you don't understand. So, <laughs> so for me, like, I understand, um, you know, we created a model at Maple that basically, um, you know, that we felt like was 
strong from a risk perspective, but also we could relatively, you know, be relatively sure that, that people's investments would be safe, that the properties would grow at a good level that we're happy with, the clients are happy with, um, and that, you know, that we could get them into a situation where they'd be able to continue duplicating and to keep continue purchasing. Um, a big part of why I set up as well is like there's a statistic where a massive percentage of the population, like if they wanted to invest, um, say 8% of the population's got one investment property and their own home. Wow, okay. And then when you, if you fast forward that to, to, you know, two, three, and four, in terms of the, po- the percentage of the population that have their own home and four investment properties, it's only 0.5%. Really? So less than, it's a half a percent. Wow. So out of 100. Owns five properties. Correct. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Out of the whole population of Australia, and yeah, there's there's only it's it's point five percent. Okay, so let's say eight eight percent. So it's eight percent of people that own two properties. Correct, their own home. That's not bad. Property. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fuck, it's probably yeah. Okay. Exactly. But then, <sighs> and then I was like, well, there, there's things that you can do to to help with the duplication process. I mean, there, you know, I see I've seen people where, I mean, there's obviously obvious things where if you sometimes you, you could buy a million dollar property. And it's on a big block and it's old or something like that. And that might give you $450 a week because no one's going to pay for an old property or no one's going to pay for the extra mm-hmm. land that you've got. Whereas, you know, you might be able to get something for 500000 that gives you $500 a week in rent as opposed to the thing that a million dollars, it gives yeah. you four, like fifty, like something like that. Like, and th- there's that, that happens every day. I think, it's, I think it also plays a lot in like people aren't, I don't feel people are like, oh, well, there's a lot of factors mm. to this. So number one, mm. people aren't educated on property. So yeah. to get, they've got to get their head around that. Yeah. But then... They've got to get their head around, you know, for if they own a property, like, uh, so to, I don't know, how much equity do they have in the property? Yep. So people don't even understand, people aren't even financially yeah. literate to understand what they could do with equity. Correct. Like, I think a lot of people would be surprised. Yes, yeah, um, absolutely. And we, equity is, equity is great. It's like, equity is like, it's sort of like access to cheap capital that you can sort of yeah. do whatever with, and it's tax free. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to duplicate, but then you're paying, like, if you're going to pay, I don't know, say you made a hundred grand or something. I mean, if you're going to make 100K in your personal name, then you're going to pay, what, 30? You'll, you'll hit the higher tax, but you yeah. 32 will be in this and yeah. 38 will be in that and whatever. But like, it, it's, a, it's a lot harder. You're going to have to make, to get 100K cash, mm. you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. you'd have to save every dollar and probably make something closer to 140. Mm. You know what I mean? So if you can take equity out and keep moving and your, pro- your properties are keep positive cash flow, property, yeah. and do it that way rather than saving then it's going to be a far better outcome. Yeah, of course. It's, yeah. it's wild. So I think there's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of factors yeah. to, to property investing that um, isn't, yeah, it isn't like we're not taught it. Mm-hmm. We're just not. Um, yeah, we're not, we're not educated in the school system around, nah. um, yeah, your credit score, how to use a credit card, how loans work, none of that stuff yeah. at all. Um, and it's important. Bloody oath, bloody yeah. oath. Um, if you had to attribute like one key to, for example, your mm. success so far, I know you still got a long way to go, but mm. you've been doing really well. Like, what would it be? Probably what I what I mentioned at the start, like just not procrastinating and just running headfirst into it. Um, uh, it paid, it's kind of always paid off for me. Um, my first investment property that I purchased, I think I was maybe twenty one or twenty. I actually don't remember now. Um, and I think it was in 2013. And basically, I didn't know everything. I didn't have it all perfect. Um, it was a property in Ballarat. It was what I could afford at the time. It was 104, it was 134,000. You've done really well. Yeah, it was a house. It was 
Ballarat's squares. crazy. Ballarat's mad. I think that would be 450 or something. Yeah, maybe more. I don't know. Yeah. But um, that was seven years ago. So I bought it for 140. It's probably 450. I got I ended nice. up getting another two of those just a year and a half later. Nice. Just because I wanted to run though. Like I just let time do its thing, you know. And I think time will do its thing in your own business too. Like if you just start, eventually, like if you're passionate about it, you'll just keep learning and then you'll become more valuable in that particular sector and then like you will be more valuable and people will pay for your time so i think i applied the same for both and it kind of worked out and like just run at the run at the wall you know it's people a lot of people get analysis paralysis in investing and also in um you know i feel like in business as well for people that are that are listening that yeah, yeah thinking about investing in property yeah. um what do you where do you believe they should be looking at or what should they be looking at like what are the some key um, points when you're looking to invest in property I think for me, like I'll always look at, you have to look at like when you buy, like what's this purchase going to mean for your next purchase? What's your borrowing capacity going to be by purchasing this property as opposed to something else? So that's very important. I think like the, the finance side of things, like you have to understand that to a T. If you can't get finance, you can't continue purchasing. So that's really important, um, which obviously stems and then the, that naturally progresses to cash flow. So your property has to ideally at least pay for yourself yeah. uh, pay for itself you know even in a period of high interest rates and i'm talking principal and interest don't you know anybody can find something that pays for itself on interest only but if you can get something that pays for itself on p and i that's going to be a really good thing okay. um you know other things obviously you want to you want to make sure that you're you're not overpaying in a particular area so you don't want to be you want to be getting value like value is really important too like you can't you know if um you know if everything in the area is costs 700,000, you don't want to pay 1.2. You know what I mean? Um, so don't overcapitalize in an area, I think is really important. Um, the areas that we invest in, we want to make sure there's sufficient government spending and there's a reason to get there. It's like, I don't know, like if you looked at it as a stock thing, it's like, you know, we might not look at your, you got your safest blue chip, whatever, like your, I don't know, BHB or CBA, I don't, I don't know, I'm not that big into it, but you know, it's, what got, is your CBA? it's just going to grow, yeah. CBA, whatever, yeah. it's just going to grow, whatever, like X percentage, yeah. you know, slowly, whatever, like that's fine. And then you've got the, the pennies that might fucking live, die fast, whatever. The penny stocks, where you want to be, yeah, the good stuff. Exactly. <laughs> the one but, that turns a 30X into a day or you lose it all the yeah, next day. Exactly. It's 100%. <laughs> the so adrenaline. Like, yes. <laughs> So it's like with, yeah. the, with the pennies, I consider that that's like the mining towns, the uh, you know that sort of thing where it's yeah. like yeah, boom, it could five yeah. x or it yeah. could be worth nothing. Or crypto um, micro caps, anything exactly. under ten million. Exactly. So yeah. it would be somewhere in the middle, you know, and safe. So it's a risk to reward. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the, uh, it's interesting if um yeah. yeah if you don't know what you're doing, you'll uh you'll lose your money pretty quickly exactly. playing penny stocks. Yes, exactly right. So, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, well, that's funny. It's the same thing with investing. So mm. it's just about, yeah. Well, we are you, is there any particular property? Are you looking at apartments, townhouses, yeah. house and land packages, yeah. uh, industrial? For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I've I purchased to industrial. I, I like industrial. There's nothing wrong with industrial. It's just a different type of investment. Um, for, for us personally, um, and, and for our clients at Maple, we, we do houses. We do houses with land content. Um, so house of land? Uh, not necessarily, yeah. most of the time, but not, not necessarily. It's just where we can get value, where we can get the negotiation. Yeah. Um, but it needs to have land. So it needs to be like, needs, we prefer to go to houses. We haven't done any townhouses. We haven't done any apartments. It needs to be a house, and it needs to have land content. It yeah. doesn't have to have too much land content. Like, and then it doesn't have to have, it's just about getting a good, 
good sort of, because if you, if you see where rental return comes from, usually like the most rental return is people will pay for something that's a little bit newer. Yeah. So it's like, if something is newer, people will pay a premium for it. Something that people won't pay a premium for is like land as an example. Like if you've got three times the amount of land, someone's not going to pay you three times the amount of rent, but it might cost three times the amount of price. So it's like getting that way up of, is it worth trying to go for some bigger land versus some smaller land? So, okay. so that's sort of where I'm at now. So you're looking, so for example, so you're more focused on rental return rather than like, I don't know, capital growth, for example. Because if you've got um, land, it goes up generally, yeah, but you don't yeah. get paid as yeah, well. Yeah. It's hard trying to find that balance. 100% because there's yeah. so many different things. So, so we go, no, we, we want growth as well, but I think... You know, for instance, all right, for instance, it was two things. Say, say there's a property that's going to grow at 12%, but it hurts your borrowing capacity $400,000, right? By purchasing this thing, but it grows at 12%. But then if you buy something that grows at 8%, but it hurts your borrowing capacity $50,000, I'm going to pick the 8% every day. Because then you can keep Because then I can keep going. Why? And that's how you duplicate it. But why, like, why would it hurt? The borrowing capacity. Because the income, the debt to income ratio is off. Okay. You know, so, so exactly what you said where maybe, yes, maybe more, more land does equal more growth. Yes, correct. 100%. But if by buying that property, that means that yes, you're going to get that growth, but then we're not, we're not looking at doing this over a two or three year period. And also our strategy isn't really to sell. Like for us, we, we have a buy and hold strategy. Like we don't renovate, we don't flip, we don't, yeah, like, okay. we don't develop, we don't like do any of that stuff. It's just like, it's the same strategy I've done. Like I haven't developed to date. I haven't like done like renovations or flipped property. I've never sold anything, anything actually. Um, so it's all just been about accumulation and trying to build a sustainable portfolio that you don't need to sell so that you can buy something else. You just want to, and, and this isn't, this is what I've done. So I just, I, I just pull, I, my businesses are structured on what I think, what I'm doing and what I think is good. So I think that buying Australian residential property is good. It's safe and I don't sell. So my model is that we don't tell clients to sell really, unless they want to, and that's fine. That's their own prerogative, but that's not how it's set up. Same thing with the Dubai thing. I, I've started to look at Dubai as a good market. Um, you know, from a, yes, from a returns perspective, you know, you have double, double digit returns, but it's a higher entry price. Uh, price. It's, it's not even that it's a higher entry price. It's, it's harder to get in. There's more of a barrier because, yes, because of the international side of things, but also, um, you know, they, the, the lending side of things, you can't just go over there and lend with their banks. Australian banks are not gonna lend you money to buy a property in Dubai. So you have to be, you have to have a little bit going on here, then we can, we can talk about how your portfolio overseas might complement it. Work out if it's even worth it, if it's even something that you want. For everybody, it might not be. For me, it 100% is, because for me at that, I wanna be a little bit more nomadic. My, my goal long-term is I wanna have businesses overseas um, and you know, I love travel. Like that's what that it motivates and excites me. And uh, you know, I don't I don't want to just sort of stay in one place forever. Okay. I want to have my base, but I definitely you know. So okay, yeah. so for somebody that why would why would they want to um, invest in Dubai? Like, what's the what do you what, feel like? Yeah. Like what what like what do you yeah. feel like it's it is and even the returns and stuff like that? How I'll, does it? Yeah, I'll tell you about why I why I wanted to invest in Dubai. Not everybody's the same. I have got a lot of friends that are entrepreneurs and business owners that also think the same as me. And I just thought that if we think this way, then there's gotta be other people that might wanna think this way as well. And I think everybody 
essentially wants the same thing. Everybody wants uh, freedom, freedom of their time, freedom of, you know, to do something that they want to do and to not have to work a job, work a job because they want to, not because they have to. And obviously that's, money's important. You're always going to need a job and that's fine. But, but I think it stems from, yeah, wanting to have control over your lifestyle. So, so why I bought in Dubai, Christian, just to answer your question is, um, same thing. I think it's the first evolution of me starting to set up things overseas, um, businesses overseas. And, and if we want to, it's a risk perspective as well. Like it's, you know, it's diversification at a whole new level. Um, you can get growth at a whole new level. You can get rental returns at a whole new level. The bank systems, it, you know, the, the systems of credit that they're, the banking systems, like they're not, they're not connected. So if you've got, you know, you might have properties here, then the prop, the banks over there are not going to ask about your, your debt over here. You know, you, it's, it's your own thing. It's like okay. you're starting your own business. Wow. There. It's like, you it's know, like I've got a fresh start. Yeah. <laughs> and the good thing is as well, they, they pay the rent 12 months in advance. Oh, wow. So it's like, yeah, yeah. So like I bought a property recently. It was like 450,000 dirhams or something. And, and it was like 10% return. They gave me a check for 40,000 dirhams. Wow. I don't know what that is, like 17,000 Australia or something like that. I get that and I put that in the bank account. I'm like, cool, that's paid. And I just leave that there and then I'm like, all right, cool, I need another one. And then, but by the time you get a few, it's like, fuck, you like you got that and it's like... So you get the money up front and you can keep kind of like... You get four checks, yeah. And um, But they, when I bought it, they gave me all the checks. Okay, yeah. and then like, what's your... What's, okay, so the rental yeah. returns are better than Australia? Uh, rental returns, it's very common to, to have 8%, 9% returns is, is very common. To the point where you could probably just... You probably just go, oh yeah, I want to take that. And Where the average return 8. here 6. in Australia is like four, five percent, or in Correct. Melbourne, Victoria. I'm very lucky to get five percent these days. Yeah, very lucky. Very lucky. Um, yeah. So, how about like, for example, like yeah. Queensland? Um, Queensland's very good. Queensland's always been known for better rental yields, but the price points came up so much that it's it's not. It's sort of like the yields started to get... Well, because Queensland's gone nuts the last couple of years. Queensland went nuts. Exactly yeah. right. Um, yeah, I mean, we had people's, people that purchased 18 months ago in Ipswich for $400,000. The properties are $700,000 now. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. Ipswich is like the Melton of, uh, of Victoria. Wow, okay. Yeah, so, yeah Ipswich of, is like the Queensland equivalent yeah, of yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Melton to, yeah. to Melbourne. Have you, um, uh, I think you've, you've purchased a few in Queensland as well? Yeah, just, I've got one in Queensland, yeah. um, in Ipswich as well. Okay. Um, it's not really a focus. The, the, and then that, that's the other thing. So purchasing, purchasing interstate, you know, you've got the land tax side of things as well. How does that work? So land tax, so it's like, and hey, don't, don't quote me because it's always changing. And this is yeah. why I'm looking at Dubai as well as my portfolio here. But, you know, once upon a time, and it's, it still is like this, but they tried to change it recently. You've got the land taxes only attributed to the state that you're in. So for instance, if you're in Victoria, then, and you've got a million dollars worth of property, you've got, you're getting land tax, you're paying land tax on a million dollars. If you've got a million dollars in Queensland worth of property, you're paying a million dollars. If you've got a million dollars in WA, you're paying a million dollars. What they've tried to do at some point, and, and that's the good thing too, right? If I was to buy every single thing in Melbourne, you might have six or $7 million of land tax, which is obviously it's gonna start buffering and you're paying it on a completely different level to whether you've got one mil, one mil, one mil, one mil, so it's split up. So that's, that's one good thing. If you can, 
usually we wouldn't tell somebody to continue buying in the same state. So usually we, you know, we'd go, we used to go like Melbourne, like South Australia, Queensland, WA sort of last, something like that. Um, whereas this is what they tried to do recently. They pulled it back though. They tried to link Melbourne and Queensland. They tried to link it. So they're trying to close that loophole. And, um, you know, you just, I, I think it's good to get, you know, the first three or four properties here. That's, that's good. You've got your base, you've got your foundation, you know, and then after that point, it's like, you know, now you have the equity, equity is options. Just because you have equity, it doesn't mean you're rich as well. Like you can be asset rich and you still like, fuck, I need to pay all these things. Like equity is like options. Equity is like, that's what you want. You want equity because it's tax, it's tax free. It's your wealth in the property. I think that that's like, I think it's real wealth as well. You know, you've got businesses and stuff, but if you want it, I feel like you've got the option where, you know, like you could sell, if you want it, you're like, ah, fuck it, like whatever. Like you could just go like, you could sell like three of your properties and go, fuck, you could buy your dream house like something amazing you know what i mean yeah. so it's just options or you could take you don't even have to sell you could take the equity out if you had the you need the servicing obviously but even if you didn't have the servicing you could sell the houses so it's okay that's interesting yeah so it's options. Um, and is there anywhere else in australia you'd probably recommend or not particularly um my my core thing is just yeah i want houses with land content we don't really do apartments or townhouses or anything like that we close we chase rental returns we we value that growth is important, but it's not everything. Um, people that work with me, they want to build a portfolio. If you want to just buy a property, you can buy anything. Like just buy a property and like it'll, it'll fine. Yeah. It'll do well. Like the market will do well. But if you want to build a portfolio, that's like why people will come to us. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, how does even let's let's go back to Dubai. So yeah. how does it work? Being I've heard Dubai for businesses are tax free, or or stuff like that. How does yeah. that? play out does that play out in property or in any way or there's a few different things obviously like if you're a tax resident here and you make income over there like you still have to pay that tax like it's not you know that the tax office is not like you have to pay the tax yeah. if you're a tax resident here um in saying that okay so okay because so yeah. you're not a resident there it's not correct i got yeah okay. yeah yeah but at the moment i'm actually going through my residency process okay. and, and there's there's things that you can do but it's, it's the exact same thing christian like now that I'm going through this process, there's so many things that actually can be done. And yeah, and yeah there'll, be a, there's, there'll be a point where I won't have to pay any tax at all. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, and, and this is the first step to be able to do that. So, um, so the first part of it, the, the benefit of, you know, the buy, I mean, you've got international currency, which is, which is good. And we, we touched on that before. I mean, interest rates go up. And yeah, that's a bad thing for everybody. But if you want to put money overseas, if I was to put money, if I was... If I was to buy the same property that I bought um, four months ago or t three months ago or something, if I was to buy that property today, I would have saved about forty-five dollars to $55,000 in cash just because of currency exchange. Wow. You know wow. What I mean? And they're putting the interest rates up. The, the dollar's getting stronger. So if you now have a scope where you're like, all right, well, you have to play the game. You have to, it's, it's all hedging risk. Like It's like all right, you know, new taxes are coming in here. Every day there's new taxes. Like, you know, I could list, if I had an hour, I'd list 30 new taxes. If, if I had 10 minutes, I'd probably write a list of 15, 20, 30 different taxes that I know that have been introduced over the past 18 months. That's wild. Um, the compliance here is getting stronger. There's all of these things that, when I went to Dubai, I realized that, I came to the conclusion on my own, and, but, but I realized that when I went to Dubai, there was a lot of people that thought the same as me um, that said, to be honest, like, 
Australia is not the best place to, is not the best, is not the only place to run a business anymore. Um, there's so many taxes. I mean, businesses go bust because of the tax they got to pay sometimes, not even because of like, that they're not profitable. You know what I mean? Um, and here's the other thing, like it's, 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 it might be very easy to make 100,000, but it's not easy when you factor in all the other things that you've got to pay. It's like, it's like what I mentioned before, you have to make 150,000 to make $100,000. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even worse, I mean, yeah. You got... So even like, I don't know, for, for business in, mm. in Dubai, so if someone opens up um, like a, a bank account and they drop, I'm assuming they probably need residency, um, they, I think it's businesses are tax-free over there. Yes. So then um, if you were running a cloud-based business or something, even from here and you just had the residency there, you would be able to claim tax free, but the money would be going Correct. into that bank account. You wouldn't be able to bring it here. Correct. If you had it here, then you'd have to pay tax on it. Yeah. The other thing is. Um, but then you could use that to, you yeah, know, maybe. Then you, then you could fund things over there, exactly. And yeah. That's why the answer is if you should be, if you want to invest overseas, it's like you have to answer the question would you be happy spending time overseas and do you want to sort of have that lifestyle? If, and yeah, and it could be. and. It might. It doesn't necessarily even have to be Dubai. You could transfer your Dubai to your dirhams to your to euros to US, and and you can kind of watch it differently. I had a I had a boss actually that was very influential in that way, where he had he had properties all around the world. He had businesses all around the world. Um, he had wife, kids. Um, he, he had his hub, but um, he was always doing different, interesting things. And he was worth he would have been worth about forty five million dollars. Yeah, wow. And he's late thirties, early forties. Um, and, and he was also someone that I emulated in my later, like sort of later, more recently, I started wanting to be a little bit more like that. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the current state of the market? Well, obviously interest rates yeah. went up again yesterday. Um, 25 basis points. We're sitting at what? Three, yeah. 3.1 or whatever I it is. I think the fact that interest rates only went up that much yesterday was actually a good thing. Um, they won't meet, the federal reserve won't meet again until February which means January we're all sweet. You don't have to worry about that. Um, and that'll give inflation a bit of time to kind of catch back up and, um, and, kick, and kind of hopefully by February, um, you know, we'll just have another little one, another little one, let people feel the pain. And, um, and, then, and then it should start to come down, I think. I think it'll get to 3.6, uh, the cash rate. And I think we're at 3.1 right now. 3.1, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it's not ideal for people, but during COVID, I mean, during COVID, it was like you could click your fingers and you're getting money. I mean, people are, are working cash jobs and then getting seven fifty a week or, Bad. you know, and then, I mean, we clicked our fingers and got $40,000 in grants. And we're like, are you serious? Like, Bad. it was like, I was like, fucking hell, like, we didn't even need it. Like, oh, okay. Like, it was like, all you had to show, one of the things you had to show was like, um, that t a two-week period in 2020 was more profitable than a two-week period in 2021. And I was like, well, cool. Show them two weeks that we didn't get paid and the yeah. expenses came out yeah. and show them two weeks that we got an influx of money. Yeah, it was... We sent those two things, two weeks, two weeks. They gave us 20 grand. It was ridiculous. I was like, what? Yeah, it was wild. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's like, there stuff like that. It was wild, yeah. It's, um, um, and then, yeah, yeah, it's just... It's, it's, yeah, just to see what happened. But now, yeah. you know, obviously people are jumping off, like uh, my, for example, my mortgage, yeah. it's literally just open, it's opening up this month. Yes. You know, so... And then the, a lot of people coming off fixed rates. Yes. A lot of people coming off fixed rates and 
I feel like in the next, um, you know, for the next six to one, it's going to be interesting. Like uh, the average, the average people, I think, are up on their mortgages. They're they're two and a half years ahead. That's right. And and I actually looked at mine. I think I'm like, I think yeah, we're about three years or two and a half somewhere. So it's funny, like to see. So it's this it's this weird position of like, are people. Is it going to be a, like, are we going to weather the storm over the next six to 12 months where everything's going to kind of be fine and, you know, it's going to be good because we're ahead? Mm. Or is it just going to be a total collapse where people are going to obviously start eating into that mm. and then they're going to start maybe taking from it? And I don't know, because like at the moment, like yeah. this year, there hasn't been a lot of property that's been on the market and yes. property prices have been relatively okay. So we, yes. we went 20 to 25% up. Now we've dropped about 10, 15%, and we're at a level where we're at a new level where people are buying and selling and things are moving. It's not wild like this yeah. spring. This spring, generally, spring for real estate agents is like it's where it's all happening. This yeah. spring has been probably the quietest it's been since I've been in the game. Yeah. Even when I wasn't busy yeah. when we first started, there was still a spring buzz. Yes. You're going and seeing it on the news, you're, yeah, yeah. you're watching other agents, things flying, it just. Hasn't the, been like that. Yeah, I think there needs to be a lot more pain as well before the market goes down. Like, buyers don't want to sell. When but buyers don't want to sell for a loss. Buyers don't want to sell for like, I'm like, I'm not fucking selling. Like, if I'm gonna lose money, I'm like, the only reason I'd sell is if I'd like, I could get that money and put it into something else. Yeah, you know, that's that's it. But I think a lot of people are the same thing. And if you've held property for a long period of time, maybe they don't need to sell. They don't have a good reason. Um, well, that's the general consensus. Like yeah. even like us being on the phones, like they can speaking, the storm. Yeah, yeah, speaking to a lot of vendors, they're just like you know we don't need to sell. Like we're, we're, we yeah. don't. There's no reason for us to sell. Mm. You know, we're not in a position where we need to. So yeah, that's the general consensus. But yeah, things would have to get harder. Yeah, I'm in, I'm interested to see what's going to happen next year yeah. um, when there is a lot more property that does hit the market. Yeah. Is it going to bring it down? Um, you know. Yeah. Um, well, borrowing capacities take a hit. Um, rental returns have increased so much, though. They have. I mean, property, I put, I put my properties up. Um, people will hate me for this, but I put some properties up $100 a week, yeah. $120 a week. Yeah. But um, we did drop, like, I'll just use Victoria. Yeah. We were the second most expensive state in Australia. Yes. Rental prices went the cheapest in Australia during yeah. COVID, and then everyone left, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, they, I, I would expect a bit of a bounce back. Like yeah. I remember, like I'll just use this as an example. We're leasing out a property in Hawthorne yeah. for five fifty a week. Yeah. During COVID, I think we leased it out for like four ten, four twenty, yeah. and then now I think it bounced back up to about five twenty, five thirty. So yeah, it's kind of getting back. We dropped a lot. Really? Yeah. It was it was wild. It yeah. was um, it was just but uh, wow. you, you don't blame Victoria like everyone left. Yeah, yeah. Man, everyone went to Queensland. Queensland boomed. Yeah, I, um, I had an apartment in the city and it used to get about two two and a half thousand dollars a month in rent. When COVID came through, uh, one thousand three hundred. Wow. Yeah, took a big hit there. That's wild. But I bought it so long ago that it was okay. Like, yeah. I bought it like seven years ago or something, and the property yeah. was like. Um, you'd probably like you'd, you'd been all right fine for, by that yeah. point the mortgage repayment was like 1400 or something and yeah so so you're right you're during fine. that period where it was like two five i was just like yeah it all on the mortgage was yeah really cool um so which, it was fine which yeah. is mental um what do you yeah. what are you advising your your clients uh going you know for the next 12 to 24 months um so the 
the advice is sort of at the moment now we can get we can get a lot more pull than we used to be able to get, which is good. So, you know, builders their prices skyrocketed um, throughout coronavirus to crazy levels, um, where as well like projects were not able to be funded. Um, there are a few properties that I bought that the developers said we can't fund this, the ones that I actually physically purchased, um, an industrial property and something else. Even that's well. Yeah, I, I secured something 12 months ago um, off the plan um, and it was a really good price point. It was in Hastings, I was telling Aaron about this, it was like 250,000, it would have been worth about 450 before construction even started and um, the developer sent a, what's it called, a rescission notice or something and said, oh, we can't do this project or something. So that was, that was a bit disappointing. Um, ah, that's yeah. burned. Yeah, but that's, that's slowed down now. Um, developers will have to come to the party and, and we're seeing that you can negotiate with them a lot more, which is good. Um, and I think, you know, if they want to get new sales, they'll have, to, they'll have to negotiate and put their price down. So it'll mean that, you know, if you're buying in a market that like is not going in a massive upward trend, then you can negotiate more and it's more of a buyer's market. Um, and then it, it was very much a fear of missing out last year and now it'll be fear of overpaying and the developers will and, and people, vendors might have to be a little bit like that. And that's probably why Christian, like, yeah, the people that are buying, people will probably still pay a premium for property if that property is like, um, you know, if they want it, they'd have to have more of an emotional connection to it, I suppose. A plus stock is still. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But, but yeah, just your regular stuff. They'd have to, they'd have to be comfortable to, you can get better price points, I'd say. What are, what are your thoughts on industrial? Because I feel like the whole mm. the whole property market residential mm. has been has obviously taken a hit this year. Where I feel like industrial mm. has still been fairly strong. Like I was actually looking, there was um, I received um, uh, I was I got some I don't know I got some paperwork um, from a prop from an industrial site in Heidelberg West and yes. Reservoir like September last year. Yes. And then I had a look to see what they're selling them now because they're nearly yeah. ready. Man, they've gone up 150 grand. Like yeah. they were selling them like yeah. 550, 600. Now they're selling them 700, 750 Correct. in a year. Yeah. They're like that's yeah, wild yeah, it's, still. It's, wild. it's really, really good. Um, no, I like it. Look, and if somebody really wanted to do that, I'd certainly, I'd be inclined to help them out. But I think, for me, I think like if you're just starting your property journey or if you've got one, two, three properties, like you don't have that much, I think that residential is typically fundamentally safer, generally. Like if you've only got one property or two, that's just me. And, and yeah, I guess I see all those benefits as well. And it's sort of like with the industrial side of things, because I've got industrial property, so does my dad. And sometimes... The, to get a tenant, it might take a little bit longer. Once you've got a tenant, they'll stay a long time. Obviously, the great things are that the tenants will pay the outgoings, which is beautiful. Um, the tenants will do the maintenance, which is also great. Um, yeah, we, with tenants that we've got, they stay three or four years, even longer. It might just take a little bit of time to get the tenant to start, that's fine. Um, also, the other thing is a barrier to entry for people. Um, so residential might be Sometimes five or ten percent. Yeah. Industrial, you'll need twenty percent every day of the week. Yeah. Um, people might not have twenty percent every. You know, um, if there's something that's six hundred thousand dollars, 
you know, 20% of 600 is 120,000. Um, then you've got stamp duty on top of that, which might be 30. So you're looking at 150. Um, and then, you know, if you, well, you won't, probably won't pay LMI, but you might pay some sort of lender's fee, might be another five. So you might have 155,000 that you need to get into a residential. Um, and that's why, you know, if you've got the money there, absolutely. It's a, it's a great, it's good. It's, it can be strong and solid. It's just not everybody has that kind of money to put into something. Um, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, is there any, I don't know, is there, is there any little hidden gems for anybody listening or, yeah. or any, any sort of property that you'd yeah. probably suggest or yeah. just anything? Could be a piece of advice. Um, I can tell you what I bought in Dubai. Oh yeah, let's talk um, about. Yeah, so I guess I can tell you why. Um, that would be good. Yeah, so the property that I purchased in Dubai, it's because um, because it's a different type of city. So what I purchased in Dubai was like a small apartment, and see that it, Dubai is very different to Australia. So this is this was a small apartment. The cash flow of the property will sit at around about nine point six percent. Um, it already had a tenant in there and the rents went from, um, the rents actually are growing at a really good rate as well. Um, so the location for me, it wasn't, so you've kind of got, you've got business bay, which is the hub. The business bay is, business bay is like your Collins street, right? You've got your business bay, then you've got your Marina JBR and that's probably your, your St. Kilda, Port Melbourne. It's like your trendy area. Where's the Burj Khalifa? Burj Khalifa is in your business bay. Okay. That's yeah, your, yeah. your Collins Street, Eureka yeah, Tower, yeah, yeah. Australia 108. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's business bay area. You can um, you can own property in the Burj Khalifa, can't you? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a hotel in there, yeah, a restaurant, yeah. it's so a club cool. in there, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so you've got Marina, JBR, your Port Melbourne's, you've got the city, Collins Street, Dubai. Um, and then you've got, and now... Similar concept, you know, I'm not buying in Port Melbourne and I'm not buying in the city. I'm buying a little bit further out, but not too far away where I can get property for one fifth of the price. You know what I mean? Yeah. The buyer's very flashy like that. It's very like wanky like that. Oh yeah, where do you live? Who gives a fuck? People yeah. don't care. You know, I mean, people that live here to work don't really care. So you get something that's, what I got was 15 minutes away from the city, 15 minutes away from the beach. So it was sort of like nice. in this axis. I could get to the beach in 15 minutes. I could get to the city in 15 minutes. Nice. But it was just like inland. And it cost me 450,000 dirham, something 450,000 dirham. Which is like? Uh, 180, 190. Wow, that's nice. 200, something like that. Nice. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, not heaps. But then, and then basically, but, but I even went, I went to buy another one recently. And the guy goes, oh, it's like 50,000 euro more. And I'm like, come on, man. So, but, but they're putting it up. People are paying that. Like he's done seven or eight sales since mine and they've all been that price. Wow. So it, it does go up too. Um, Bloody O's. But the returns are there. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's a, I think it's a really good addition. It's a, it's a different addition to, to just buying Australian property. Um, so yeah. what do you need? What do you need to, do you need a, a residency to question. purchase? Yes, yeah. So what you need to purchase is what you need. So basically there's two, Sa same thing, works the same way. You got off the plan or you got established, Yeah. right? Off the plan is like you, you pay for it on a payment plan. So it doesn't like, there's not really, it's not that there's interest here, it's like a payment plan. So if you buy a property that's, I don't know, say 800,000 dirhams as an example. So 800,000 dirhams, now, 
if to put that into perspective, you might they might want twenty percent of that eight hundred eight hundred thousand dirhams at the start. So twenty percent, you've got one hundred sixty thousand dirhams. Then you put the conversion rate in. So say two point five. So that's sixty four thousand dollars Australian that you need to put as your down payment. So you put sixty four thousand dollars down for a Dubai off the plan property, and now it might take. Two years to get, be complete, as an example, right? Now, during that period, the same as way untitled property works. You know, I give you that example with Ipswich, where we bought properties for clients at four hundred thousand and then went to seven hundred k. And that, even that example with the industrial, where you purchased and it went up astronomically. Hmm. Um, similar sort of thing. While that period is, while you have that untitled period, I didn't purchase. I was, uh, I was, babbling, I, was yeah. I was, I was paper reading. I was yeah. just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I mean, um, <laughs> while the property is getting built, you're still making money too. Yeah. You're not paying interest, which yeah. is good. So you're, you're pay, doing a payment plan. So every two months, you might be paying you know, $6,000 or something like that. And then you, you do that all the way through. Um, so you have to be you know, financially well-resourced to do that sort of thing. The other thing is um, you could be getting like a 50% loan um, if you're a non-resident. Okay. Um, and if you're a resident, you might get uh, an 80% loan. Okay. And, and I'll, I'll eventually teach people how to go through the residency process so that they can do purchase these properties that are like $200,000 Australian with 80% LVRs and eventually be able to do that. This first one I didn't use alone, but the next one I might so that I can just see the process. It's more about a learning thing, but there's sort of, yeah, there's those, those two ways to purchase. Okay. It works very similar to here. Okay. So yeah. if I wanted to bring the money back to Australia that you've made overseas, like what yes. taxes are involved? You have to pay income tax here. Yeah. So yeah, you have to pay tax, um, and With you have to have a good accountant. And but yeah, you you pay tax here if you're going to bring the money back. So yeah. it's only suitable for a certain amount of people. So you need like okay. So you need so you need so to open a bank account is it hard? Um, yes, you need to have a property as a minimum. Um, okay, so. I would need so to you go can't to the bank and be like, I want to buy a property. Okay, so, so you, so the property was one hundred eighty, two hundred thousand. You went to the bank and said, okay, I'm literally buying this. Yeah. I need an account. Is that how you did it? Or? Yeah, I was like, no, I was like, I, I've bought this. This yeah. is my title deed. This is what it is. Um, I need an account to receive the rent. Nice. Then I basically go through the application process. The guy told me that it would be fine. Um, and yeah, just okay. go through that process. And what are your what are your thoughts on the um like what the sorry not your thoughts like what's the process of you like getting a residency? What do you have to do? So there's a bunch of stuff that you have to do to actually get the residency. So you'd have to um you do like you have to do like a medical. Um, you'll have to you have all of these appointments that you have to do. And basically, I just want to make sure that they know exactly who you are. Um, they make sure that you're healthy. They don't make sure that um. Yeah, there won't really be a reason that you'd be denied per se. Um, it's just, there's just a lot of running around to do. Um, being a resident, um, yeah, has got a perk. So it means you can work there. You won't have to pay income if you're uh, income tax, if you're a resident and you're, you're working there and you're, you're staying there and the money's staying there. Um, you can work and live um, without tax or at a very low rate. They just did put yeah. it up a little bit. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of perks. Yeah. What made you choose Dubai? Is there like anything in particular? Um, location. It's, it's located um, it's pretty in central, a strategic part of the world. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So first of all, location was a big thing. Um, the returns are strong. They, they're, they're a country, the, the fundamentals of like, I watch a lot of Patrick Bet David. 
And I've started watching. He's him. mad. He's, he's mad. really cool. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he says that if you're going to invest, you have to understand what your government is thinking as well. Like you have to understand. Like there's this video. Is like there was like 30 different things that you need to consider when you're investing. And he's right. I mean, we got to know what your government's thinking. I Man, government introduces a new tax every week. You know. So like, you know, I've got 20 houses here. I don't need any more houses here. Yeah. Really. Like unless I want to live here. Like. Yeah. Now it's time for something else. Yeah. Now for yeah like. So it's awesome to have your, your foundation set up, but now I feel like I have a foundation here. I'm not motivated to get to 30 here. I'm like, it's fine. Like, yeah. And also my lifestyle is I want, to, I want to be a little bit nomadic where you know, I want to see parts of the world and I want to have experiences because I've always had a very, um, you know, with time, you know, we're all going to get older eventually. And I've seen people go from being very healthy and strong five years ago to being a, you know, just a shadow of what they used to be and they can't do hardly anything and they're in hospital beds. So things can change. I mean, I've seen, I've seen, you know, 28 year old guys end up having cancer treatment. I've seen, you know, as, there's so much, you don't know what could happen. Yeah. You know, you could have an accident, you could get hit, Bad. you know, you got to enjoy the journey. You got to, you can't wait. You got to do what you want to do now. There's no fucking time. That's you know? amazing. There's that's no 100%. It's the best way to be. Like, it's a, it's a really good mindset, man. Yeah. And just, just push it. So, like, what's yeah. next for, uh, what's next for Bo? Obviously, Dubai, yeah. but business-wise, yeah. like, what are you, what are you, what are you thinking? For business, um, yeah, we'll support people. So, for me, it, it, it's, whatever I, whatever I'm doing, I'll, I'll begin, um, you know, sharing that with people and then eventually have a business out of it um, for people that want to do the same thing like I did with Maple Property. Um, so yeah, so it'll be Maple Property. The, the Australian market is still gonna have some really good potential. And, and as the market, you know, as it turns into more of a buyer's market, you'll be able to get better price points and, and things will be, it'll be appealing for investors locally, which will be great. And then also having this service for people in Dubai that wanna to, want to purchase and, and have something and be a little bit more nomadic. There'll be a bunch of, there'll be a big questionnaire that we'll have to ask before we'd be happy to support them in something like that. And then what else is for me? Um, I want to, I want to actually, I want to check out four different, four new countries as well about, um, to look at for investing. Um, okay. I want to do a course on each of those. Nice. I'm going to start doing one for Australia. Then I'm going to do one for Dubai, which naturally I know those two better. Um, then I'm going to do one about the US. Then I'm going to do one about Singapore. And then I'm just going to explore and see what else. Nice, so nice. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I rate I'm do it. Some I, courses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's been, yeah. it's been playing on my mind. Like, uh, yeah. uh, so I, I follow this guy. He's, he's in, he's, he's really prominent on Twitter in the crypto and NFT space. Okay. Runs a massive ad company. And he's just dabbles and he does very well. His name's Alex Becker. Okay. Now, yeah, Alex. Now, what Alex Becker, what he, what he's been talking about a lot recently is getting like getting citizenship in other countries and other like yes. tax havens and and things like that. And he's looking at investing. So one thing um, it's that he was actually talking about is Vanuatu. So he's talking about Dubai, Vanuatu, Vanuatu. And yes. now it's funny. I've actually like next week. I've got a guest um, yeah. who's actually building an island in Vanuatu. Wow. So like it's a crypto island. Oh my gosh! Yeah, which is like <laughs> insane. It's like eight hundred, eight thousand acres or something. Wow! So he's an Aussie. Yeah. He used to live in Sydney, and he was like, "Fuck it." Now I was on the phone to him yesterday, wow. and he was telling me it's literally just him and his girlfriend on on this island. Oh my god! And he's like, "Come <laughs> down." He's like, "You should come down and like you know we're gonna build." I'm like, "Yeah, I'll come." <laughs> 
I'm actually going to Vanuatu yeah. on the 24th, so we'll yeah. go together. Yeah, I reckon, <laughs> let's go. So, like, he yeah. was he was talking about Vanuatu being a tax haven and stuff yes. as well, so... I don't know, it would be, yeah. be good to, like, uh, I, I've seen you post it, so, him, yeah. so it's good to just learn. 100%. Like, because yeah. there's just so much out there, and, mm. you know, we do pay a lot of tax. It's wild. It's, yes. it's actually wild. So, you know, anywhere, anywhere obviously, that, you know, that, that we can kind of save, it's all legal. Um, yes, of You course. know, loopholes and moving around, I think yes. it'll be really good. Yes, exactly. There's loopholes there. You know, it's not about doing anything illegal or anything. It's just about... You know, there's, there's options there for people and it's good to know those options. Yeah, yeah. bloody oath, bloody oath. Well, Bo, last, last question. So you have to answer a question left by a previous guest and then you have to leave a question for the next guest. All right, perfect. So the, uh, the question that's been left for you is what got you into your career and why are you wearing what you're wearing today? Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, what got me into my career? Um, similar kind of, sort of thing, just yeah. emulated people that done. <laughs> we kind of discussed it. <laughs> yeah, we kind of discussed that the whole time. Um, and why am I wearing what I'm wearing? Um, oh God, I need, to, I need to get these shoes off. I've been like just, I'm setting up an Airbnb at the moment um, for one of my properties and I have hardly any clothes there. Um, and I only have one pair of shoes down. I've been wearing these shoes for the past four or five days. Nice. And the problem is they're about a size too small. Yeah. And um, I've got blisters, and every time I take it off, I take my sock off, it peels yeah. off. So that's that. Shorts, I love shorts. You know, I'll wear shorts when it's, uh, you know, when it's five degrees, I'll be in shorts, you know. Um, and, and this, I just had it there. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Whatever, he just grabbed <laughs> it. Nice, answers. I rate it. What are you leaving for someone? Um, maybe. Uh, what makes you kick? Um, what, um, what's one country that you travel to and why? I love it. Written down. Beautiful. Beautiful. Bo, you're a legend. I really appreciate you jumping on. Um, a lot of value. I got a lot out of it myself, you know, asking those questions that I wanted to know, yeah. which is good. So I'm, I'm really hope that, uh, I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, the, the audience got a lot of value. Where, where can, where can they find you? So obviously, yeah. uh, Maple Property Group. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, the the core business that, that I help people um, build portfolios is Maple Property Group. Uh, the website's Maple Group, um, and then I've got my Instagram, which is just Boafi, and uh, I don't do too much on LinkedIn, but yeah. Amazing. We'll uh, we'll put your we'll put your tags in the in, down below as well, and yeah, thank you for jumping on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs>